Hello everyone, I'm Annie Gibbons and you're listening to Memoirs of Successful Women, the podcast where you get to hear candid conversations with fascinating women from around the globe who share aspects of their business and life journey, how they measure their success and what they have learnt along the way. Hello and welcome to Memoirs of Successful Women. Today I am introducing you to Phoenix Mendelssohn from Phoenix Ignited. We're going to be talking about all things feminine, getting ourselves feminine from the bedroom to the boardroom. Let's say it like that. So Phoenix has had a decade of global management consulting. She then uh, had a moment where she got back into reclaiming her own sexuality, exploring plant-based medicines and feminine mystery schools, giving her a unique view on sex, truth and power. So this episode is going to be a little bit raunchy and I absolutely love it. So welcome to the program, Phoenix. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here, Annie. I um, I love the chats that you do. I think they're very powerful conversations. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And I'm sure this one is going to be just as powerful. So let's just dive right into it. Why do you think women have lost their sense of, you know, inner inner love of who they are, the essence of who they are? Sometimes we can concentrate so much on the doing, on the achieving, and then actually sort of feel that we're not so connected to that inner fire. Tell me all about that. Why is this your passion area? That's such a beautiful question. And um, there's quite a few threads to that. Uh, And let's start with let's start with the traditional one. So uh, I I love what you touched on as well around being that we we often get caught up in the doing. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the way our system and our culture puts values on what what happens in life at the moment is very much on on the doing. Uh, In fact, I heard the funniest quote earlier today. I was listening to uh, Kasha, who's written a, a book on unleashing power for women called Unbound and she was saying we live in a really bizarre culture um, especially in America but it's in a lot of the western western cultures where empaths envy sociopaths yeah (laughs) okay Um, and we kind of connected from that sense of um, emotions as being really powerful and that being states of being really powerful. So what she's talking about there is a lot of the time we're looking at, um, we're looking outwards and often in social media, a lot of that is outwards as well. It's like, what are we, what are we doing? What are we achieving? Um, What is the success that we're reaching for in in our lives? What is the milestone that we're after? Um, And we're kind of on this wheel of chasing uh, and we, we don't pause and take a breath and notice what that chasing is doing to us. And that's what you're talking about around, well, if we've disconnected from, from ourselves and our bodies and our feeling, um, it's it's not really that surprising that, that life doesn't have as much fire um, as it maybe it used to or uh, the, the fire is only one type. And so this can often come, for example, if uh, if we're 
doing a lot of, if we're in the doing and work, if we're in the doing in corporate and we have a lot of fire there, but then we come home and we want to be in relationships and we want to have the softer side, like yeah. swapping between them is really hard. And part of that is because we, 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 aren't taught to value the softer pieces and the more empath mm-hmm. sides of ourselves. And as women, we're often told that it's dangerous to go there, like to be taken seriously mm-hmm. at work, to be taken seriously. We need to be doing things and we need to be showing our logic. And as a result, we let go of some of these really important parts of ourselves or we um, we vilify them. And so that's often where a lot of that mental chatter that comes, comes in, like we get a lot of that noise that's mm-hmm. kind of always telling us what to do, what we did wrong, mm. um, the... Sometimes we speak to ourselves in like really mean ways. <laughs> yeah. uh, you pay attention to those voices sometimes. Uh, and it, it's often because of that where we're putting on ourselves the values and rules of society instead of allowing ourselves to, to be in the fullness of who we are. Yeah. Oh, you have articulated that so beautifully. And I relate to so many aspects of that. You know, being a C suite businesswoman, you know, I've had those sorts of comments to me. It's like, oh, okay, that's really surprising. You, you're so, you know, so feminine. You know, I still wear dresses all the time and I haven't done the, the grey trouser sort of ensembles or, um, you know, that I'm very touchy-feely, friendly, sort of, you know, very comfortable with my feminine side, but to the point that it's unusual, you know, and mm-hmm. I and, I've, and that's been a point to get to my, in my sort of stage of going, no, this is who I am, this is the essence of who I am and I actually want to bring that into my work but also bring um, that even stronger on the side into my own life, my own relationships, you know, and then I can also bring those those energies that come from work into my household as well, you know, that it doesn't have to be all mumsy, feminine, girly, you know, stuff. So it's getting that balance right. But I, but what we're talking about today is very much that we can be so driven and so focused on all of those things that society values, you know, what your, your title, you know, you know, even the way we're introduced, the CEO of this, the leader of that, you know, um, and we can be so focused on the that or, you know, what we're achieving that the essence behind why we're achieving, achieving those things, you know, even our, our you know, that, that purpose, that passion can get lost because of the outcome focus rather than the reason to be. And then from a, from a sensual perspective, uh, perspective, you know, even to be the, the true version of who we are, in the areas that matter, which is to ourself and definitely with our partner. Absolutely. Yeah, I deeply, I deeply feel what you're saying. Mm. So how do you help, particularly women, take a breath, take some time out and to start sort of igniting to recapturing who they truly are? Mm-hmm. Um, what I, so the, the way that I work is I do a lot of deep feminine work. And so I talk about the the dark a lot. Uh, And at first people are like, oh, that doesn't sound like, what do you mean? That sounds like I don't really want to go to the dark. (laughs) That's right. I didn't want the light. (laughs) 
Yes, that sounds, isn't that the opposite of what we're meant to do? Um, And the reason that I like to talk about that is especially if we're in a space of of achieving and we're oriented towards the outwards. Um, When we look at, and I loved what you were talking about before as well, around balance and about fluidity and having ultimately this comes down to the capacity to be whichever of those parts you desire to be in that moment. And you can have each of them in corporate space, you can bring the feminine when that is in the right moment and in the home you want to bring your masculine when that's the right moment or the fierce feminine um because there's a let's just tap into that word then what is (laughs) that's the um that's the part that uh won't take bullshit it can see manipulation it can see um crossings of boundaries it's most commonly talked about when it's like oh, the woman who lifts the car of her child, who normally would never have that level of strength, but because her, her child is at risk, she's drawing resources from places that you wouldn't otherwise ever have access to. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but we can use that in service of ourselves as well. Yeah. Um, it's that it's the 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 deeper, really strong part of the feminine that sometimes gets overlooked. Mm. <laughs> well, I've got a different name for it in my household. One of my sons calls me a dragon. And I when I when I went, why do you call me a dragon? Like it sounds really terrible, right? Like imagine, imagine that. Initially I was like offended. And he goes, no way, mum, dragons are awesome. Like they go to the death to fight for their young, to fight for, you know, like... <laughs> I had to actually watch How to Train Your Dragon to get the gist of what he was saying. And I went, yeah, that's right. Like I am total, you know, um, protector, nurturer, don't mess with my family, don't mess with my kids because it's your, they're your heart and soul, right? So that's just a fascinating uh, different mm. way of interpreting that. What does that actually mean? So why we therefore can do that with those that we love, you suddenly entered our protector mode, why mm. is it then so challenging for us to then not do that for ourselves? Why are we on fire for protecting ourselves? And, and also not just protecting ourselves, nurturing ourselves. Mm. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll get a little, so I'm going to use a word that's a little political and then we'll unpack it. We'll unpack it from there. So, um, a lot of it is cultural, a lot of it is values, and it's, it's about patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And if you look at what patriarchy means, um, this at no point is about vilifying men. It's just the power structure and they happen to be at the top yeah. in that power structure. And as part of that, the way that that gets set up is um, women are vessels and women are of service. And so we have a very long line and time of things being passed down where um, our value was in the home, it was in invisible labour, it was in um, giving of ourself, uh, it was in being that kind of good girl and that young sort of beautiful aspect and we actually lose our power as we get older um, and that we, we couldn't 
provide or protect for ourselves. We was we were required to. Um, it, for there have been periods in history where women weren't even allowed to own property. Like if we inherited, it passed on to our husbands or whomever was the closest male relative. Um, and it's just a, it's a there's still a legacy of that. And I I touch on that point where where for example your son said to you the um, that she they he sees you as a dragon and you're like oh I'm not sure about that is that a good thing because as women um, that isn't a typical thing that we would put on and feel comfortable with like being fierce yes. um, it, it previously you could actually put in be put in an asylum for having too much will <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so you are automatically still, a witch yeah. because you're, conf- you know, you're either a witch or you're mad because, you know, historically, because you're actually bucking the trend of what society said at that time was the norm, and that was that you shouldn't have a voice. You certainly don't have, you know, position to challenge those in authority, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because if we did, um, then the system would collapse, mm-hmm. and um, we're we're just dealing with the legacy of that, and I. We, I think it's really important these days to have a lot of empathy for ourselves on the way through and on the women around us and the men who are also a bit confused about what's happening because they also aren't quite sure. They want to protect and provide for us, but they also want to allow us to protect and provide for ourselves and everyone's a little confused about where that right balance sits. Mm. And one of the things I like to talk about when I talk about kind of the version of feminism that we're in right now is that um, the the women who came before us did the really important part of fighting for equality. Um, But now that puts us in the position where we're so blessed that we get to look at what does does that mean? So, okay, we now have the opportunity to be in, in, have our own money. We have the opportunity to go and come to the highest echelons of business and society. But do we want to come in and just fit into society the way it is? Or do we want to come in and say, well, now we're we're at the table, real diversity means that we're bringing differing perspectives. Real diversity means that we bring the masculine and the feminine in um, and we value them both and we use each when it's necessary. Um, Exactly. I think those before us and currently even in the world I live in, you're, you're, you've been wanting permission to be at the table. Now yeah. the shift is that I'm expecting to be at the table. In fact, I'm preparing myself that I'm already there and so I'm waiting for you to arrive, you know, so that we can have discussions that matter, so that we can actually, you know, be of equal value, not that women are positioning themselves, trying to be positioning themselves above, or actually just saying we're all here as equal partners to um, share, have progressive thoughts, to um, be in, involved in impactful change, right? Mm-hmm. So that is about that, all right? Absolutely. Let's go back to the feminine then and the work that you do and you talk about definitely um, in, in the services that you do and on your website and what you're passionate about. Um, I'm going to propose to you, do you feel that a woman who is very comfortable with the essence of who they are, loving themselves wholly, being in um, intimate relationships that are, you know, supportive of the essence of who they are and being able to express themselves in that way, do you feel that those women are a position to be more impactful um, leaders and members of society? Mm, I absolutely do. 
Um, and one of the reasons that I feel that is often as a, so actually I'll talk about, I'll touch on two things. As a leader, there's two really important pieces that, that we have. One is the ability to enroll other people in our vision and to bring people in um, that there's a lot of empathy involved in that. Um, and there's a lot of the softer side of the feminine that can be really powerful in, in bringing that. It's like when you meet people who are magnetizing and are charismatic and they have presence, that's someone who's fully embodied and fully in their own essence. And you can feel it and you can feel their vision. You can feel that there's someone that you can, you can come into their sphere and you will be better because of it, or you will you will be able to experience your your own more of your own essence in their presence because it's an expansive vision. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. The way I sort of phrase it is: while I'm while I'm in a state of fear, fear of you know what other people might think, fear of failure, fear of being embarrassed, fear of fear of you know, even what if I did become who I am actually supposed to, what, what, what would that even mean? If I'm a state of fear or resistance or reluctance to, you know, appreciate, nurture and value the essence of who I am and for every other woman that I coach for them, then when you're in fear, you are like a sheep right? You, you're always waiting for permission, whether, you know, the girls who are little girls waiting to be told, you know, sitting there being good until we're told to do an act of service or something to for someone else, you know, whereas when we're actually moved away from that, we then become, we overcome the fear and you then become the lioness, right? You then have the ability mm. to go, I have no fear, I'm actually empowered, you know, I can sit above the situation, I can read it, and I can then tap into the, the nurturing side, that loving side, that empathetic side, you know, that presence that then can then be equally impactful, strong, courageous, right, which is that vision. So that's what it means to me. It's like changing okay. from a sheep to a lioness in, in my interpretation. I think that's really important for the listeners listening in. What does this kind of concept mean to you? You know, are you listening to this conversation and thinking, yeah, do I, do I, do I step back into my life and think, yeah, well, who am I? Who is the essence of who I am? Do I, do I love myself in the right way? You know, not in a nauseating way, but in a way of, yes, I love the person that I was born to be. Be, I'm actually nurturing that person, loving that person, getting in touch with all of your quirky, beautiful, spunky, crazy feminine ways, right? You know, because we're all, you know, individual, authentic, and we're not everyone's cup of tea, and that's all right, you know. But are you um, mm. spending time to actually focus on your essence? Because I totally agree, Phoenix. I, I totally agree that, you know, in my world, I'm also the CEO of an eye health charity. That's exactly what I do. When I'm out there professionally, I, it's important that I, I have that feminine side. I worry about... I say to people you know can you partner with me to help people save sight in this nation these things are not okay these you know people are are suffering they are you know unnecessarily they've got these issues and I want to bring that full energy of who I am rather than you know it's a it's a process it's a position it's just a policy it's just a strategy because people can tell the difference people can tell the difference when you're authentically who you are to when you're actually just in a position Mm. in and out of the boardroom 
You know, in your own home, how many times are people there but they're not fully present because they're trying to be, they're thinking of when they're going to be okay, when they're going to be good enough, when they should be doing things for other people rather than seeing the blessing that is right there in that moment. Tell me about why, tell me why you went, ooh. Uh, Presence is, is the ultimate gift. Like deep down, we just really want to be to be seen and to sit in that space where we're both connected. Like there's something that the human soul craves in in connection. It's being able to love and and be okay whilst we're alone, but then when we're also with someone, like knowing how to to dial in and to really be in each other's presence. Um, it's it's like the couples who have been together for so long, they no longer need words. Mm-hmm. They're just, just in love. Mm-hmm. How can you then tap into that dream relationship love and then actually feel strong enough to feel that you're okay even without the partner who can then give you that? Ooh, this is such an interesting question. I, I love that one um, because it's a little bit counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> so the the piece, um, I, I like the concept that Tantra brings, which is that we're all, um, we're all come into this world as whole beings. And then as we go through um, different things happen, like we, we forget, Get who we really are. <laughs> um, we forget our own divinity um, and conditioning and trauma and all sorts of stuff come, comes on. And one of the most beautiful things that we can do for ourselves is to sit and allow ourselves to peel back the layers um, and really deeply connect with who we are. Um, and the more that we can give ourselves that love, the more we begin to be able to love other people. Mm. And one of the reasons for that is we often have this, there are parts of us that have so much need that no one else can fill them. (laughs) It's like these these parts that are just in in pain or just want to be, um, maybe it was because there was an abandonment issue when when you were young, or maybe it's because there was um, something a form of rejection, like it'll be, there'll be some core wounding. And and that is something that um, no one else can heal for us. We actually need to look at that and pour love into that space. And by doing that, we tap back into the infinite essence. And then we don't need another person. We get to be with another person. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've, we've filled our own cup, and then we're overflowing with other people. And if we're able to find that space, um, that's the real juice. Mm. It is definitely the real juice. Oh, my gosh. These are gold nuggets for those listening in. I I often have those conversations with my husband, and we've been married 34 years uh, next week, actually. And, uh, Mm. yeah, still totally in love, which is absolutely the biggest blessing in life. Uh, But what we often have discussions about is our... Our marriage journey has been about bringing out, making sure that we support each other to be the best version of ourselves because that's Mm -hmm. where you get those couples 
that you've got the synergy. That's that X factor when you go. And, the, you know, and they're a rare, rarity, unfortunately, in society. But, you know, when you meet people and they just go, oh, my gosh, you guys have got the spark. You guys have got the love. Now, they're not looking at you as the two of you. They're actually looking at that some of, some of the parts and then getting that synergy because you do just not just think for each other and do those sorts of things that people think. Uh, it's actually the opposite. It's, the, you know, those people who go, oh, you've just become one, so you probably think the same, do the same. Actually not. In our relationship that has got stronger and stronger and stronger over the years, the reason that it has, actually has, and it started off pretty fab, was because we, in our own, we've become actually better individuals, which mm. has helped us become a stronger couple. And but what I mean by that is because we've been focused on how can I bring out the very best in you, that you've actually encouraged each the strengthening, the ownership, the authenticity in each other, which, you know, is opposite to the coupley stuff that therefore makes you do everything, you know, together. And then I remember when we were first married, you know, I kind of was so overexcited that, you know, we're there and I got this amazing guy, to, you know, and all that sort of stuff that I wanted to, you know, be the pleaser, not do anything wrong, you know, these kind of that inner insecurity, almost like I can't believe he picked me kind of thing. Um, I was only 20. Um, and then, you know, suddenly when you reach, go into that space of no, no, um, I am enough, you know, I was already enough. That's right. You're now two individuals that, you know, that I'm enough on my own. And because that is valued and I value it myself and the same for him, then you end up getting that relationship that has synergy, has spark, and is actually long-lasting because mm. you're not depending on each other, you're actually appreciating each other. You're having gratitude for them, you know. So if I actually take that sort of thinking into the discussion that we're having now, that's exactly it. It's actually growing yourself individually to go, I need to go right to my core and yes, and, and actually spend that self-discovery time. And that's what it is, um, time out to actually make this a priority. You know, how easy it is. I don't know, you had that, you had a, ten, you know, career journey as well um, in corporate that you can just be so on the on the move that you, you know, the thought of taking time out for yourself, self-discovery, you know, who am I becoming? You can so, be so busy being and growing and contributing and just being on someone else's path, which is kind of your path as well, without taking stock to think, that's right. What is the essence of me? I've got so many people who come to me for coaching who just go, I actually don't even know who I am, you know. So common. So common. And it's because of stages of transition, right? You know, sometimes it's the, you know, it might be the 20-year-old who I don't know who I am yet. How does someone actually know that? And you go, well, you do life and you lean into it and then you experience and grow. But often it's because yeah. I've, I'm now a mum. What does that mean? I've now a wife. What does that mean? Um, my kids have now left school after 20 years of being their mum. Who am I? I don't even know now. You know, these mm -hmm. kind of things. You know, this is actually very common and very normal. Because and well, the conversation we're having, there's no guilt on that. Like we all do it. We all get lost in the the system, the 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 treadmill, the mechanics of life, without um, you know appreciating the um, the need. So I think it actually comes to what do we value, doesn't it? Tell yeah. me a little bit about how you feel about that statement. What do you do? You value? Do people, particularly women, we're talking about women. Do they truly value the importance of actually focusing on their own feminine self and therefore power? That's a really, it's a really interesting question. Um, 
The reason I'm hesitating a little on this is because I think one of the challenges we are often given is that we're not we're not given that as an intrinsic value originally. Like it's often not part of the values, the coding that we pick up. Um, and so oftentimes we have to, um, it'll be a trigger. So I, I loved what you were talking about around points of transition. Um, and it could also just be like a building unease that you're, there's something kind of wrong. Um, and in those spaces, that's often I think when we pause and we take stock and we go, my life is not turning out the way I thought it would or something just, you know, I'm chasing these things and it's not feeling the way it was meant to, like something's broken. And I think it's often in those moments that we we realise we need to, to, to start looking at it differently. And yeah. that's where the value that you're talking about comes in as we go, oh, oh. <laughs> like I can stay on this ride and keep going and just always feel like there's something missing and, and that's a choice that I can make yeah. or I can make the choice to sit down and go, I'm going to find this piece and it's not in the places I've been looking before. Where do I, where do I need to start looking now? Mm-hmm. Um, like my journey when I found that um personal development was not really a space that I thought I would get into. Like a lot of the areas that I now spend a lot of my time thinking about would have been back then, like, you're doing what? (laughs) (laughs) That's so unlikely. What do you mean? Exactly, which is a beautiful touch on identity as well. It's like we can yeah. we sh- we have the power to shift our identity, yeah. and it's a question of what do we what do we choose? What is serving us? Um, and so when I started going into that space, like I was quite concerned. as like these people just sound like they're quacks. Like, <laughs> where's the science? <laughs> I love that. I love that. that is so true. <laughs> oh, um, but, but it was my soul was telling me that I had to find something else and and the places I was currently looking weren't enough. Um, And that's where I also like to talk a little bit about the difference between the value system embedded in masculine and feminine. And in the masculine, we're valuing logic, we're valuing words, we're valuing uh, verbal communication, we're valuing rational thinking, we're valuing the tangible, Mm -hmm. um, which are essential, very core components to our society and our ability to, to, it's, it's, what allows us to make moves in the physical world. Hmm. Yeah. And in the feminine, you have um, what's unseen. What is the undercurrents? What are the whispers? What is intuition telling you? Um, what are your emotions telling you? Uh, it's those deeper spaces. It's the inward realm um, as opposed to the outward realm. It's, it's the communication that we do as we were talking about before, when we're in each other's presence. I think that's so true. Like I even look at, you know, the default behaviours of, you know, I've got three boys and two girls and that's, you know, it's so easy to go when the boys were little, it's so easy to go, you're so strong and you're so smart. And then it's easy to then go to the girls, you're so pretty, you're so helpful, you're so, do you know what I mean? Like it's amazing Mm -hmm. that these default, you know, 
um, stereotypes actually come through because that's the way we were referred to. And therefore, it sort of just gets absorbed that that is the way. Whereas if you actually, that's right, you know, and I've been, because of of my awareness with that, when I was raising my kids, I'm like saying to the girls, you are so capable, you're going to be a world leader, you're going to be, you know, a change agent, you're going to make amazing things happen, you know, to actually start getting that into the conversation that it shouldn't be, you know, we've actually got a, 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 you know, I believe a, a baton to pass on to these, this next generation that they then do actually think, yeah, of course I can make things happen because I should be at that table and I should have a voice because that is actually the essence of who I am. But it requires awareness. It requires an awareness that this is our, this is the way we automatically um, speak because that's people will respond based on the years and years of those seeds of, well, this is therefore who I am, whereas it's not. It's actually just a framework that other people have put on you and therefore you you take that as a truth, you know. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, in fact, one of the one of the reasons that I love exploring the deep feminine going inward and going into the psyche um, is because we uncover what is the truth that is there um, and you can um, you can unpack and identify and release all of the conditioning and you come down to what is your t- core truth and those are your core essences and everybody's is a little bit different mm-hmm. um, that's what I think is so beautiful as well like each of us comes into the world with a slightly different patterning or soul or essence uh, and when when we go in and we shed the the pieces, we're able to look at the conditioning that we have, and we can let it go. We we come down to that place. Yeah. One of the most beautiful stories I've heard to explain this actually is also the difference between the survival game and the thriving game. Mm-hmm. And that when we're when we're younger, it's um, so giving the analogy of in world in the world war where when Japan lost. Um, there was a lot of soldiers that were out um, on, like, in remote places or on islands, and it, even 10 to 15 years later they were finding them and bringing them back home. Mm. And they said they'd, they'd approach these people very carefully because they still thought the war was going on. Yeah. And when they they um, they'd bring them they bring them home, they would celebrate them and say thank you for your service, uh, and allow them to then reintegrate into the community. Mm. And we need to do that for parts of ourselves as well, because when we when we grow up. Um, we often have what we call survival games. So maybe in um, so in your family, your girls. I love it. We're absolutely able to achieve, um, but in other other families or in any family, there's always a survival game because we're dependent on our parents, mm-hmm. and so we can't live our fullest self to our fullest capacity because we're still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the pieces that we often need to look at and thank and release as we become adults. Um, And so it doesn't mean that it was necessarily any trauma there or anything bad happened. It just means that we've outgrown something, um, but because we don't look within, we don't realise that these soldiers are still there fighting a war that's finished. Um. (laughs) That is such a great visual. I absolutely love it. That's it because that is the person. That is the person listening in now going, oh, my gosh, I'm 30 and I'm still... Um, 
acting in myself the way I was raised, which is, you know, nothing wrong with that, but it might have been the way your parents believed about things or the, you know, just a, a story that you were told, sometimes even just to, because they've got a number of kids and you've just got to sort of go with the commonality mm-hmm. to then make sure that we all stay happy and healthy and don't fight as much. Uh, there's so, so many factors that we don't have time to unpack today, but that's it. You suddenly haven't had that time to go, okay, well, I'm not a kid. I'm a I'm an adult. And to be an empowered adult, to be an authentic, authentic adult, I actually have to then strip back, you know, and challenge all of those messages that I was told. And, and many of them will be great and that's wonderful. And others actually don't serve you well. They're 10 years ago. They're actually not going to work for where you are now because that war, that stage, that time is over. Or it was someone else's journey, you know, and you're in someone else's um, story and now you're creating your own story. You know? Yeah. And I love that you said, I love that you touched on that because that's one of my, that's one piece that I'm really, really big about. I think the world right now needs new stories Mm -hmm. and it's up to us to spin them. And the question is, where do they come from? Um, And my answer to that is that's what going into the deep is for. It's when you, when you see your own truths inside and you start to live them, you are creating a new story. Mm. And that is creating something for all of the women and all of the men around you um, that hasn't been there before. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. I am loving our conversation, but time is fleeting. We could chat all day. How do people find you, Phoenix? How do they get in touch with you? And when they do, what are they going to receive? Mm. Um, I can be found in a couple of places. Uh, so if you would like to check out, uh, learn a little bit about what I do, that is www.phoenixignited.com. Mm-hmm. Um, And on there, people can download the dark elixir. Uh, So what we were talking about, the dark is just going into that deep feminine. Um, So it's that inner inner darkness, just because you're closing your eyes, you're going into yourself and you're you're finding yourself. And so the dark elixir is your opportunity. It's a a guided guided activation. So you can download it. You can drop into your space and allow it to, to help you connect. Um, so that's that's a beautiful gift that's on there. Oh, that sounds absolutely awesome. I think I'll have one of those today. Who doesn't want a bit of a dark elixir? <laughs> so actually just go, yes, just uh, really centre and get in touch with yourself. I think that is wonderful. And you're a woman who's already started with a gift. And uh, definitely everyone check out Phoenix Ignited. Um, I will have all your details on my podcast platform and also my YouTube channel. Uh, Definitely check out Phoenix. She has just got so much uh, value to give you, so much, you know, knowledge and deep understanding of why this is important. This is why it's important to women to actually really not just, you know, know themselves, own themselves, but to actually start loving yourself to start getting comfortable with, you know, your identity, who you are and the value that, you know, I agree with you. You said that before that everyone's sort of, you know, pretty much is born for a reason. I totally believe that every soul that's born onto this planet is unique and needs to be, you know, valued and loved. And it starts that by doing it yourself because you can't, how can you actually love others, people, passion, projects, jobs and other things if you don't start with your core? 
you know, which is the essence of you. So thank you so much for being on my program today. I've absolutely loved our conversation. And, uh, yeah, ladies listening in, catch up with Phoenix and really start um, exploding the essence of who you are. I appreciate that, that hearing that from you. Thank you. That means a lot. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Memoirs of Successful Women. You can find me at anniegibbons.com where you can download my free resources, get connected on social and check out my online magic transformation program. If you love this show, feel free to subscribe to future episodes and of course, share it with your friends. I'll see you again soon and until then, happy podcasting.